Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church Podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and His church, grow in our faith and understanding of God's Word, and serve Jesus here in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to join us for either of our two services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Take your Bibles open to Psalm 104. Psalm 104, as you're finding that, a couple of quick things. Don't forget about our luncheon right after this service for people involved in the one. Uh, We got a lot of people signed up. We're going to be sitting in every possible seat we have in our fellowship hall. We got every table out. We got every chair out. Praise the Lord. We got a lot of people uh, that want to do this. I'm so excited about that. I can't wait to cast a little more vision with you guys and for you to hear some specifics. So right after church, and if you're interested in Alaska at the Connect Desk, right, there's going to be a quick meeting for people interested in Alaska going next year. Great ministry there. Great opportunity for you to be involved. Now, we're continuing our series this morning through the book of Psalms. We're challenging you each week to read back through, to study back through, to pray back through. Listen, don't let this series simply be about you coming on a Sunday morning, hearing a message, going home and forgetting about it. Let this be about you coming and hearing a message that begin to challenge and change your heart. You go home for the rest of the week and spend time rereading Psalm 104, repraying through it, looking at individual verses, being challenged in your faith because we want this series to be something that changes you, that shapes you, that encourages you in your walk. Now, we've been studying through the last few weeks the book of Psalms. And we've been really focusing these last couple weeks on the idea of creation, right? We've kind of divided this series into creation these first three weeks. Then we're going to get into the fall. And then the idea of the the forgiveness that the Lord offers us and the repentance and eventually a new creation, the renewal of what the Lord is going to do. But this morning, again, is going to really focus on the idea of creation. And so I'm going to read through here in just a minute Psalm 104. It's a little bit longer. It's 35 verses. I don't necessarily want you to read it with me. But I had kind of this dilemma this week as I was preparing and studying and getting ready for this morning. 35 is a lot of verses. And I don't typically use 35 verses when I preach through Scripture. I'll typically pull some out and kind of skip a little bit in order to get it all in. But the more I prayed about it, the more I studied it, the more I tried to kind of divide it up. I just really was uh, burdened and really encouraged by the Lord to read all 35 verses. So it's a lot. Bear with me as I read through it. Then we're going to come back and kind of work through it through a lot of the main passages, a lot of the main texts. But as I read it, I want you to listen for a few things, okay? The first, the number of times the word Lord or God is used, over 10 times Yahweh is mentioned. The earth is mentioned seven different times. The idea of the spirit or the wind is used four different times. And so big picture, we're going to see the creation of the earth through the Lord, working through his spirit that's going to lead us now to a place of praise and worship. So you're listening for those themes as I'm reading through. Psalm 104, beginning in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. 
He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. What a fantastic verse. Verse four, he makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundations so it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took flight. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Besides them, the birds of the heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants, for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth, and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them, the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness and it is night when all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to work and his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things, both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send them forth, when you send forth your spirit, they are created. You renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, praise the Lord. Wow. What a beautiful picture of the majesty and the beauty and the power of creation. So we're going to walk through this, take some main themes, figure out how we can apply those themes to our life. Okay, here's truth number one. We see, first of all, very clearly, God's order in creation. We see God's order in 
in creation. Now we're gonna get to this, but I want you to understand where we're going, right? God's creation was not a mistake. It wasn't an accident. Watch now, it didn't just randomly evolve into what it is now. We're gonna see in God's creation purpose and a very clear plan. Now that means purpose and plan for all of creation, watch, including you. We're gonna get there in just a second, but I want you to know how the psalm begins and ends, right? It bookends with this idea of the beauty and the majesty of the Lord. Psalm 104.1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. And then Psalm 104.35, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, right? So we're bookending this psalm with the glory and the majesty and the splendor of the Lord, but I want to draw your attention this morning to something very interesting. If you know anything about the creation account in Genesis chapter one, this is going to be very familiar to you, but we see this pattern in creation in Psalm 104 that mirrors the pattern of creation in Genesis chapter one. So let me just read through a few of these verses for you. I want you to see them, understand them, process them a little bit as we think through God's plan for creation. Genesis chapter one, beginning in verse three, God's gonna speak about light. So we see, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Psalm 104, beginning in verse one, bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment stretching out the heavens like a tent, right? As, as the Lord is stretching out the garments of creation, as he's stretching out the universe and the earth like a tent, he's clothed in light, right? A God of light as we see in Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one, verse six thinks about the waters. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, let it separate the waters from the water. Psalm 104, verse 3, he lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind, right? So light in creation and in Genesis 104. Water in Genesis, in Genesis 1 creation and in Psalm 104. Now vegetation and the trees, Genesis 1, 11. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth, and it was so. Now Psalm 104, 14, you cause the grass to grow for the livestock, plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth, right? So light and water and trees and vegetation. Genesis 1, 20. God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth and across the expanse of the heavens. Psalm 104, 25, here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things, both small and great. So light and water and vegetation and trees and creatures of the sea and of the air, right? There's this, there's this mirrored image from Genesis 1 to Psalm 104. And then we get to the idea of the, the pinnacle of creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And then God said, 
Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And in Psalm 104, the young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. Man goes out to his work, to all his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. So see a couple of main ideas here, right? We, we've kind of drawn this conclusion for you. We, we've drawn these parallels to point out a couple of very clear things. Number one, God is the creator of all things. That should lead us to this place of joy. It should lead us to this place of praise. It should lead us to this place of worship. But secondly, I want you to see very clearly built into the fabric of creation is a purposeful design. Right? God didn't just randomly create things. It wasn't by accident. God had a plan and a purpose. So let's pull that next slide up, if you would, please, because I want you to notice what the Lord does when he creates. Go ahead and pull that first point up right here. So God is going to invert in days one, two, and three, he's going to form everything, right? So he's going to form the light and the sky and the dirt and the land and the vegetation. And then in days four, five, and six, he's going to fill those things. So going down all the way to the bottom of that slide, right? So God is going to, in day one, create the light. In day four, he's going to create the bodies that fill and produce that light, right? The sun, the stars, and the moon. Day two, God is going to create the skies and the waters, and he's going to separate those. Day five, he's going to fill the sky with birds, the water with fish. Day three, he's going to create the land and the vegetation. Day six, he's going to fill the land with the animals and the humans, right? So it's this idea of forming first and then filling second, right? I'm going to form these things I'm going to create these things. I'm going to make these things. Then I'm going to fill these things with all the creatures, and I'm going to do these for my honor and for my glory. Now, here's what this means. Right? We could spend a lot of time preaching through and working through the days of creation. They're fascinating. I preached through Genesis many, many years ago. Fascinating when you really study it, really work through it. There's absolute, uh, uh, there's absolute purpose. There's absolute design. There's absolute plan for all of the things that the Lord created, including you. Right? Now, this matters because we live in a world that acts like we're no different than the animals. We live in a world where the animals are as important as the humans. We live in a world where human life is, is, is pushed down. It's not as important. Euthanasia, abortion, all the things we've heard about and seen in our society that our society wants to normalize, that our society wants to act like are okay. When we understand creation, we see that we are created in God's image. We have intrinsic value. God from the beginning had a purpose and a plan, and that includes your life. So, so if you're at home this morning listening or you're, you're here in this worship center, you need to understand you are created with purpose and with a plan. God wants to do great things through your life. You're not an accident. You're not worthless. 
uh, you're not no good, right? God has done this and created this and formed this earth and filled this earth and put you here for a very specific reason. So we see God's purpose. We see God's plan in creation. Here's the second thing I want you to get this morning. Number two, we see in Psalm 104 now God's provision in creation. I'm going to work through this text. Right, we see his purpose, we see his plan, he created, there's a design here first. Secondly, now we see his providence in creation. Right, it's beautiful how the Lord created all these things. It's beautiful how perfectly he designed it, right? It's beautiful how he gives us now the things that we need in order to survive. So not only has he created it with a plan, not only has he created it with purpose, not only has he put us on this earth to do great things for him, but he provides for us while we're here. So just a few examples, Psalm chapter 104, verses 10 and 11, speaking to the Lord, you make the springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast in the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, by show of hands this morning, got up uh, really, really early and got your, uh, your five-gallon bucket jugs of water and walked three or four miles to the local well to fill them up? Show of hands, how many? I'm not gonna be like the Baptist pastor. Hands all over, hands are up all over. I'm not gonna do that, right? <laughs> Y'all have all been to those services, haven't you? That's why you got to close your eyes. We'll take that out and post, right? We won't leave that in. We don't get up and walk to the well. You know why? Because we've got this amazing device in our kitchen that we turn this little knob and water magically flows out of a pipe. Clean water that you can drink. Like you understand there are, listen, hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of people in our world that don't have that luxury. And I'll never forget the first time I went to Africa. I'm out in the bush. We're driving along and we see one of these wells. It's a concrete well with a long metal pipe on the end of it. Right? They don't even have electricity out there. And they're pumping this thing for water. And there's all kind of people standing around. They get up early in the morning. They go fill these jugs. It lasts them for most of the day. At some point during the day, they go back and they refill those jugs again. We've been placed, right? Talking about God's purpose and plan. We've been placed in a location and a time in history where we are blessed beyond measure. I'm going to come back to that in just a second, but just think about it when it comes to the idea of water. You have an unlimited supply. Man, I, I, did, a, I, did, a, uh, <laughs> I did a training one time out in the bush with, with some Zambian pastors, and we camped out for like three days, and man, there's nothing out there. When I say nothing, there's nothing really out there. And I didn't get a shower for three days. Now, I'm just telling you, that's not a fun thing because it was summer, it was hot. And the last day, the missionary said, hey, man, are you interested in a Zambian shower? I was like, I don't care what it is. Yes, yes. They bring me, they, they take you to this little outhouse. They bring you a little bucket. It's about that high, about that big, halfway full of water. And you basically squat down and you do the best you can, best shower I'd ever have, man. It was amazing to have a little bit of water to clean off. We take that for granted. Now watch, God has given us those things. Don't miss that. God has given us the water we need. Look at Psalm 104, 14. He's given us the food we need, right? You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth. How many of y'all have done a garden in the past? Garden, a lot of y'all, okay? 
We do all kinds of things to the garden, right? We till it up. Uh, we put fertilizer in it, certain chemicals to prepare it. We water it on a regular basis. We pull out the weeds so everything is clean. But you know what we can't do? We can't make that seed become a tomato, right? I, I, we, we loved gardening. It's a hard job, a lot of work. And I can remember many different times picking, I don't even like tomatoes. I don't even know why we do it. Amy loves them. That's why we do them. But I can remember thinking, man, I could have spent $1.50 at Publix and had the same tomato that I'm sweating out here to pick. <laughs> Amen, right? Amen. Right? We know, the, we know the feeling. A garden is a good way to take a lot of money to make it a little money, right? We know how that works. But we have this amazing thing. When we take these seeds and we plant them, they turn into things. We don't know how, right? God does that. He produces. We do the work, and then God blesses us with this food. We see that in Psalm 104.14. Shelter. Psalm 104, 17 through 18. In, the, in them, the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. Look at Psalm 104, 19, 20. He gives us the sun and the moon and the seasons, right? The moon is made to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. How many of y'all are ready for some cold weather? Anybody? Yeah, right. Late January, I'll be like, how many of y'all are ready for summer? You'll be like, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready. It's amazing how the Lord creates the seasons at just the right time. Right, so we, we come to this place, right, and labor and rent. There's so many other things, so much time we can spend in this psalm. Here's what we see. The Lord has given us these amazing things. He's provided for us. He's given us things beyond our wildest imagination. I've, I've said this before, but, but it bears repeating. We live in a country where just by being born here, we've won the lottery worldwide. I, I want to read a text. I never bring my phone into the pulpit, by the way. I'm praise the Lord it didn't ring while I had it, but I need to read something to you. I brought it up here because there's a text I want to read to you this morning. Somebody came to me after the first service, and I'm going to be very vague here, okay? We have partners in other parts of the world that face persecution on a regular basis. We had an incident in the last week where some persecution happened. Um, some local people were arrested, were taken to jail, were beaten, and eventually released. That's kind of what happens. Right? That's not out of the norm. And so we get a text from this person. They're like, are you okay? Is everything okay? This is from the local person that lives in this country. Here's what this person said. Yes, it was scary, but everything is okay now. Many different kinds of incidents happen, but God takes care of us always. You know, if they'd arrested me last night and beat me and released me early this morning, I'm not sure I'd be praising the Lord like that. I'm just being gut level honest. We, we live in a country where we have freedoms beyond anything we could ever hope or imagine. And I come home from places like this, and I come home from dealing with these missionaries, and I come home from dealing with these local people, and I hear their stories, and I think, man, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> All the resources we have, if we shifted those from our enjoyment and our personal savings and what we want and what we need, and we shifted those to make a difference for the kingdom and for the gospel and for Christ, we would change the world. God's given us the resources to do that. And I think sometimes these passages of Scripture, like Psalm 104, need to remind us of all that he's given us, of all that he's done for us of all the ways in which he has provided so many things for us. What are we doing with the provisions that he's given? 
So we see purpose, we see design, we see provision in what the Lord does. Here's the third truth this morning. That leads us to a point of praise. Right? Purpose, provision, praise. We see in Psalm 104, verse 30, when you send forth your spirit, they are created. You renew the face of the ground, right? There's this idea that the Lord is at work. There's this idea that the Lord is at work through his spirit. And one of the neat things about the Old Testament is that the Holy Spirit exists, obviously, in the Old Testament. But we get just small little pieces of the picture, just a little bit at a time. We're told a little bit about the Old Testament here, a little bit about the Old Testament there. The Holy Spirit isn't sent to believers until Pentecost in the book of Acts. But the Old Testament gives us just a little picture here, a little picture there, a little reminder here, a little reminder there. So we see in this passage of Scripture that the Lord is at work, that the Spirit is at work. If you were to read on through the book of Luke and especially into the book of Acts, you would see that the Holy Spirit does great work in renewing and leading and guiding us, right? It leads us to this place of praise. But I want you to notice what happens in Psalm 104, 33 and 34. Pull that verse up for me if you would. Verse 33, we've, we've been talking about the, the plan of God. We've been talking about his purpose. We've been talking about his provision. Everything has been focused on him until we get to verse 33. What's the first word in verse 33 there? What is it? Say it. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my, verse 34, may my meditation be pleasing to him for I rejoice in the Lord. Right, when you begin to understand his purpose and his plan, when you begin to understand his providence, when you stop for just a few minutes and think about all you've been given and all the things you take for granted and all the ways in which the Lord has blessed you, when you spend just a few minutes thinking through and trying to understand and see your life from a different perspective, it ought to lead you to this place where you're singing to the Lord, right? Where you're praising the Lord, where you're rejoicing in the Lord as long as you live, not just a couple of times, not just for a day or two, watch now, not just on Sunday morning at 11, but throughout the entire week, I'm praising the Lord. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm hearing from the Lord. I'm rejoicing in the Lord. Here's the question. What are you gonna do with what God's given you? What are you gonna do with his purpose? What are you gonna do with his plan? What are you gonna do provision? What are you going to do with all these things? It's either going to lead you to be more selfish and focus only on the things you want to focus on, or it's going to lead you to this place of praise. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given. Thank you for what you've provided. What can I now do with all you've done for me to reach the world for Christ, right? God is the glorious creator of the universe. He provides for his creation in so many ways. He desperately deserves our praise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to sing praises to you. We thank you for the opportunity to, to read through and study through this psalm. We thank you, Lord, for the plan, for the purpose, for the design that we see throughout your creation we thank you for the plan for our lives individually, for our individual purposes. We thank you for the provisions you've given us. So many ways, Lord, you've provided for us. So many things you've done for us. We praise your name for that, Father. Help us to see it 
and be mindful of it, to remember it. Let that lead us now to a place of praise, to a place of worship. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Use us to accomplish your plan and your purpose. And we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray.